Welcome back to Modeling Success. I am your host, Ryan Donatelli, and today we have Mr. Stan Morris joining us with over 25 years in the casting, entertainment, commercial, and film industry. He's going to be breaking it down on what has changed post-COVID in the casting world and how you can get booked as talent. Hey, Stan. Thanks for joining. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Things are great. Thank you. Just want to talk to you a little bit about casting today and what's going on in the casting world. Post-COVID, a lot has changed. So following up with criteria and what casting is looking for and what you're seeing happening in the world today. Sure. Sounds good. I think I can answer a couple of those questions for you. Oh, and by the way, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Would not have thought of anyone better to join about this topic. Spielberg, uh, Marshall, <laughs> none, none of those guys. All right. Didn't even no. Didn't even cross my mind. Well, they do. They're 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 not in the commercial world like I am. So thank God they can stay in in their their film world. So. And talk to us a little bit about that, just real quick. So in you're strictly doing commercials and production, right? Yep. Uh, well, and and uh, primetime television promos, stuff like that. So for network TV, um, Blacklist, for instance, or, or uh, 30 Rock when it was on and tons of other shows like that. So both of those. And, and it, it do, they do kind of tie in because it's weird. They're, they're a, a weird niche, but they're both similar because they're more short, right? Commercials or interstitials are 30 seconds usually. Some are a minute, especially if you do pharma. Pharma is pharmaceutical. Those are longer um, and really just horrible spots. Sorry, that's just the way I feel about them. But um, commercials, though, are typically 30 seconds, and usually that's what you get in a, 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 a primetime TV uh, promo as well. That's that's the gap that you have because you have an intro voiceover and an outro of when it's on. So you have very limited time in that 30 seconds. Well, what I find interesting is you, you tend to jump um, across different genres of the industry. So you do things in music, right? You're doing commercial, you're doing the Olympics, uh, the voice, Mm -hmm. you know, your Mm -hmm. your TVs, movies, you've done every niche of the business, if you will. And post COVID, a lot of things have changed. Do you agree in the world? Oh, 100%. Uh, for instance, I tested positive uh, for COVID. It was the second time I was uh, tested positive. And this is, I, I'm a firm believer that I am a demigod um, because COVID has nothing on me. I didn't feel a sniffle, nothing. I have it, I've had it twice. Um, that being said, I'm just saying I'm, I'm a demigod. Um, <clears throat> I due to NBC's protocol, I had to do the shoot from here, right here, exact same spot I am right now. I had my two laptop, uh, MacBook Pro, MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, and my iPad Pro, and I had all the cameras from the technical side. It's called Q-Take in our industry, and they have developed a way that these tech guys have developed a way that I can see all the cameras through their prism on all of my devices at one time. So I can live. line up with the Yeah. Yeah. When I, when they're, they're filming it, I'm there. So they had to put me, my head 
talking to the actors and I'm talking to the actors with my head. They're rolling it around. Literally, there's a PA <laughs> pushing my head around, talking to talent. And that's how I had to do it. So I was literally giving them direction like, hey, guys, I have COVID. I can't be there. Sorry, I'm a million miles away. But here we go. And they're like, oh, we get it. And I, I've worked with these guys before. But it was like it was one of those things that that's COVID has changed our industry. Which is, I mean, that's pretty pretty cool that you can even do that and accomplish that. So you can have the exact director that you want for the shoot, regardless of their location. So it's opened up. I, I mean, I feel that that's opened up more availability, right? Oh, oh yeah. That, I mean, that technology in itself, that was the first, when COVID hit, I was on a, I was on a shoot. Um, and we were, I forget what the job was. It was some, I think it was something for the voice. And it was, um, I was on their set and they came, this was in March. They told us that we, you know, th there's this thing, they don't know what it is, but we're going to have to shut down. So uh, all of a sudden, all of my jobs went away and everything cleared off. And I, I was supposed to go to New York or sorry, I was supposed to go to Nashville to do NASCAR. Um, and I couldn't go do that shoot either. So a lot of things started to pile up and they were scrambling. They're like, well, how are we going to exist in this, in our format and still create? And that these developers came up with that technology and it's, it was really clumsy at first. Now it's incredibly good. It's almost, it's flawless. I can look directly. I'm looking through the lens with this technology so I can see it and I can talk to the DP. I've got a headset to him and I'm like, no, 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 slide your camera over here. Give me this frame. And they're like, got it. Do you like that? Yep. It's great. Lock that off. This camera goes over there. That goes over there and we're good. Let's start shooting. Which one is easier in person or that way? Oh, in person. I mean, look, it's the, the only, the only challenge that I would say that it's different is they can see my face this glorious, beautiful sphere penny, of, yeah. no, of nothingness. Um, the, but it, it, in all of the studios now, even till right now, um, we have to wear a mask. Oh, so, so stay. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they extended it through January. Uh, that, and when I say they, that's the union. So that's SAG, AFTRA, and DGA. SAG was the real stickler. They wanted to do it. And I'm like, why is SAG sticking to this? That's the Screen Actors Guild. They're the ones, they're the only ones on set that don't wear masks. Because they're talent. They can't wear them. Uh, but they're, they're telling us we have to wear them. So there's a lot of disgruntled employees as it sits right now um, in the industry. But it is what it is. And I digress. We, we, we you know, move forward. But... You know, it, I like to be in person. I like to give direction. I like to physically be there. And it's like no, my normal method of, of dealing with talent is because I was an actor is to talk to them. And I, I understand their language. I speak it fluently. So they, they appreciate that. And therefore, it's, it's good. But being a floating head on a screen is odd, I'm sure, to the talent. But it worked. Well, and I imagine that there's personal conversations you want to have directly with one of the talent, right? Versus having mm -hmm. everyone hear it. So mm -hmm. is that is that something you can accomplish in with this technology or is that something that's... No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. There's no privacy. Uh, unless, 
unless it was just one person, but still they would hear it. I mean, they would have to put in an ear earbud, but they're not. I mean, it's, you know, it's makeup, hair, you know, and then they got to put, they got to put the, it's, they, they wouldn't want to do that. I mean, look, if it was a huge, if, if this were again, if it, if I go back to Spielberg, if it was Spielberg, yeah, they would put in earwigs, right? They would make the talent wear an earwig and then he could have a direct line just into that person's ear, which I think they might find that a little frightening too, that the director's literally in their ear. Um, but, you know, again, it, it, it would be effective, but would it be uh, preferred? No, not at all. I mean, you, you want that, that in, they need to see the expressions that we do. It's, you know, you can almost tell, I could, I could say cut in a way where it's like cut and they know, oh, well, that was really bad or cut. Great guys. All right, we're moving on there. <laughs> they're like, okay, that, then that was, that was the inner, you know, it, it works. So I don't know. Well, personally working together with you, I know for a fact that things that you would tell me in my ear, I a, wouldn't want broadcasted and B, they were super helpful. So yeah, yeah you don't, you don't want to broadcast any of that stuff. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some things need yeah. filtered. So exactly. what are you seeing in casting now? What, what, what has changed post COVID and casting and getting book, talent booked? And what are you seeing happening in the indus- industry? Well, it's fascinating actually. Um, that from a talent point of view, you know, in talking to actors, when you book them, <clears throat> they'll, they'll tell you anything because now they're, they're happy. They're, they're, they're being paid and they'll, they'll reveal all the, the, the secrets behind, you know, the Oz curtain, um, before COVID is, you know, cause I, I was an actor. I used to, I used to do this, you know, I would drive in Los Angeles from my house in Hollywood. I have to drive all the way over. Get, agent would call, Oh, head on over to, uh, Santa Monica, uh, at four thirty PM on a Friday to go in for a casting. Oh, oh God. Okay. So, you get dressed, you get all your stuff, you drive over there, you get, you, you stand there and they go, hold, hold this number, turn to the left, turn to the right. Okay, thank you. And you're like, what? I drove three hours in traffic and gas I didn't have because I was a poor actor. Well, that's changed. Now it's everything is done through this medium right here that we're doing. They have, they do their auditions that way. They they present everything that way. Their agent, they get a call from their agent or a text. Usually now they're just sending texts and they're like, are you available for blah, blah, blah. Yes. The, the link, the, they'll send them a link. They go to the casting link. They put it up. They do have a certain amount of time that they can put in for uh, uh, retakes, right? So it doesn't have to just be all in one take. They can tell if, for instance, they give them dialogue. They can read that dialogue and they can act out the scene and then they go, yeah, click let me let me change that and then they change it and then then they go back and so they have a couple edits that they can do but then finally they have to submit it and that's their submission for the audition here's an even crazier one uh, i was shooting with some talent on a commercial a few months ago and the actor came to me and was like hey uh, do you do you mind at lunch i have a another audition i'm like Wait, 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 bro, you're with me. We paid you. And he's like, no, 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 just at my lunch. I'll just go in my car and I'll do, do." I'm like, oh, he doesn't have to leave. Right. This goes in his car and he puts up a, 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 a screen like he's somewhere. Yeah, this is the background he's of the steering wheel. He puts his phone up there and he's like, hey, I'm acting. Look at me. And then click submit and goes back to work. I'm like, wow. The, the, 
you know, for the actor, I think it's a great advantage for him. For me as a director watching it, it's a little clumsy sometimes because, again, we're all looking for looks, right? Same with an... I, I, I don't know because I don't book models, but I would assume it's the same. You're, you're looking at photos of individuals that you want to cast for whatever it is, whatever the product that you're selling it with or whatever, whatever event or whatever you're doing, you have a look in mind. So I am the same. And so are all directors. You have a look. So you're like, this is what I want them to look like. And then versus the other person that they're acting with, say there's, you know, husband, wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend, or, you know, whatever, spouse, spouse, they, you have a look in mind. So you're thinking about that as you're going through your casting. So when you're going through your selects and I'm scrolling, now I'm scrolling through a bunch of things and it's like, I can't, I can't watch a hundred auditions of, of I'm not, I wouldn't, I, I just can't. So I have to kind of take my casting director. I got to lean on them a little bit that they're going to give me in a, in a queue of, what they think are the top 20, right? Out of the 100 or 200 submissions. Now, I'll do my due diligence and I'll go through even and I'll scrub through and I'll look at other people and I'll go, whoa, this one, look, this is the one I, I like this one. Then I'll play their audition. And if it stinks, then I'm like, eh, that sucks because they had a great look. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't even think that my massive skills of directing could form that into what I need because I don't believe that they had the talent or the, or at least the chops for that audition. Now, again, I don't, I'm not putting any, you know, disparaging remarks in. It's a tough industry you're in. You know, it's like you only get so much of a time to shine. But yeah. And when you're looking at that look and you have that moment of the time to shine, is that a comp card that they used to do back in the day where you have different looks that you're looking at one person in four different looks? Is it just the freeze screen of their audition? What is that five second moment you're getting where you're it, judging? So them? they, so yeah, good question. Yeah. They used to give us a comp card. They don't do that. You know, it's like paper, paper anymore. It's like, <laughs> I've, I haven't seen an actual, like held an actual resume. For, where, let me flip that over and see what they've done. Oh, theater in uh, Denmark. And, oh, 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 very accomplished. Nope. This, they do put, they do put it up though. They do put a side little bar that says, you know, that, that like six credits that you could look at instantly. But for all intents and purposes, they just take a snap steal, uh, still image of the audition. So they'll go, like, for instance, they stand, say your name. I'm Stan Morse. Pause. And then they'll take a picture. And then that's the one that comes up. So is it is it wise to have something that makes you stand out? When you're doing that audition, should people be thinking about having a, you know, a man bun versus their hair down or with a hat on, no hat? Like what, what would make someone get noticed? Understood. I would say, look, I've seen it all. I've seen talent come in, you know, if I, if I were looking to, you know, doing a Western thing or whatever, and they'd show up in a cowboy outfit. I'm like, well, kudos to you, man. You, you know, <laughs> great effort. Um but then in the same, my vanity will kick in and I'm like, I don't need, you know, I, I can figure out that I can put you in a clown suit or a, a, a doctor's uh, a thing and put a stethoscope around your neck and see that you're going to be a doctor. I don't need you to come dressed in scrubs for me to go, ah, doctor, you know. So I appreciate the effort, 
but it, then again, it's I'm still looking for the performance. And if the performance is there and the look is there, then those are two parts of the components. The third one is, can I give, can they take direction? No matter what it is, can, do I feel that if I give them direction, are they going to be able to take that, ingest it, and then produce it? Exactly. So if they can't, and if they can't, then I'm in, I'm in for a ride that is going to be painstaking because if I'm dealing with other actors and you can see the other actors like, bro, just learn your lines or, you know, come on, cuz you got to have, you know, a little professionalism. You got to, you know, it's like, and then the actor starts to sweat internally and then it becomes a, a struggle. But the end result obviously being to deliver that you can act, right? That's what you're looking yep. for at the end of the day. Yep. Getting to that point there, the, the funnel is, is massive, right? So in the world today, are they even able to cast, for instance, for a male Asian? If that's what you're looking for, for the storyline, because it's, you know, whatever the, the background is, but a male Asian is what they're looking for, is casting allowed to even cast for that today? Well, they are, but they'll, they'll, they'll say multi, multiple ethnic, right? Okay. So... <clears throat> Look, let's let's be let's be very honest in that is what we're where, we, where we are where we are in the world right now. Um, it is no surprise that when you watch any commercial, whether it's for um, a, a gap, oh, the pharmaceutical ones are my favorite. Chrysler. Oh, those, those are clearly those are clearly the best. But oh, you've if got you seventeen watch, boxes checked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's for every. So diversity is a number one. So you're not going to see a commercial with most likely with, you know, the beautiful blonde, unless they can, uh, you know, self-deprecating joke about that, because it's honestly, it's like you're the, the white, you know, all white cast is that's gone. It's, it's diverse is you could buy. And I'm, I'm, I'm half black. My father's black. My mother's white. Just so the audience knows I'm not some kind of crazy racist, but the reality is, is that you're going to you're going to have a black person, you're going to have an Asian person, you're going to or multiple ethnic, a Latino, Latina. Um, it's the going to be is present. It, it's it will be there, and it won't be that they don't body shame. Quite frankly, they go outside of that box now, where they're not that. Not only are they not, not looking for the perfect model, they're looking for those that are quite frankly not perfect in, in any stretch of the imagination. And I want to say something real quick to pause you on that, because you have called us to book talent before. And I remember when we did the Kesha stand-in, you wanted a 40-year-old plus woman booked because for your point of view, you need to be able to prepare for everything, lighting, skin, all the things. And so you actually wanted something extreme. So when Kesha showed up, everything was all dialed on, on set. Right. Yeah. And so well, there yeah, are yeah. casting abilities on and off camera for all genres of people. Sure. I mean, the, the, the reality is so for that, for stand-ins, I'm always looking for something because, because my DP, that's director of photography appreciates that ability to light for them. For instance, if they're lighting for you, they don't want me to bring in an African-American uh, girl. That's 15. The light for you. It's just not going to work. It needs to be, the skin tone needs to be there. The hair, the hair color needs to be there because we light 
not just with a, a panel and just splash someone. We we need the back edge. You need a, you need fill light. You need uh, a key light. You need a diva light. You need all these elements of of lighting for composition to create a palette that is, you know, what we that separates us from the guy holding up their iPhone and shooting their video. It, and no offense to the people that are making these projects. That's good. Good for them. Bravo. I give you working, many clap. Right. But at the end of the day, the point being is that the, the diversity is there in film right yep. now. So oh, anything oh, on yeah. camera, there is a bigger chance of getting booked in the industry more than ever, regardless of shape, size, color, anything. Right. And it's desired. A hundred percent. Look, this is coming from corporate America. Corporate America is is hearing the, the the small voices and they're reacting. That's just all there is to it. There is no way around it. You can't go into uh, fighting a battle as a director. You need to accept who is <laughs> the elitist in the room and take your um, take your vanity and anything else that you have in your, in your little head. And then you got to let it go because they're really the ones in charge. You're, you're just, you're, you're the monkey that sits behind the, in the chair and goes action cut uh, at that point, because they will get what they want. Okay. So they're casting for multicultural, right? And then you have to pick out all the male Asians and not even tell anyone in the casting that that's what they're looking for. Is that correct? Well, I believe so. I mean, when I sent out a cat, when, when someone asked me, uh, which they do on every job, the producer will, once we get booked, the producer will say, okay, let's talk about casting. I say, sure. So what, what are we, what are we looking for? I will say I'm looking for men, twenties to thirties, um, that are comedic, um, uh, all, all ethnic. So I can open it up. But if I want to be very specific, I'll say multi-ethnic, right? And then they'll, they'll put that out to the casting agents and the casting agents will take that and they'll send it out to all their clients. All their clients then will then audition and then they come on to a screen like this and I get to go through and scan and do it. Callbacks used to be, once, once I made a decision and I, again, these have to go, it's not just me. I, I make my decisions. But it has to go back to the agency, right? The agency is the protector for the client. They're protecting the client's uh, integrity, their uh, vision, their creative, everything. That's what they're hired to do. They're hired to write a campaign, a creative campaign that will put their client, which is the, the client, uh, say it's uh, Coca-Cola. They have to take everything into that consideration and not, try to ruin Coca-Cola. Got to put them all in a good light. So that's very important on their side. So again, I can say I like these guys. So I always have to give them backup choices because then they're going to look at it with a prism of at least 15 eyes that are just there at the agency side. And then they have to send them off to their client. The client has to make a decision ultimately. And then it'll come back and they go, they like your first choice in this one. They like your second choice in that one. They don't like anything. Can you look at some more people for that one? Can you do this and blah, blah, blah. And then it comes down and becomes a little shifting back and forth. And then eventually they decide on and agree and they go, these are great. We love all the casting. Boom. Then it goes to co wardrobe costume. So it's like, 
that becomes one of those things that I try to look, I give them what I believe that fits the palette. If this is the set we're on right now, what's back here, then I would try to find something that's not as earthy tone because it's just going to, you know, clash with that. I want something with a little color, something that's going to pop and, you know, so on and so forth. Now I'll give them that. But then again, at the end of the day, they know what their Coca-Cola is red, right? That red branding and with the, you know, the swoosh and the thing. And, you know, everybody, every brand has a color. So, They'll try to stick to that palette because it reinforces their brand. So I try to kind of sidestep out of that. I, I give them a, you know, I, I, I suggest this, but at the end of the day, it's, it's yours. It's, you know. Yeah, it's not your personal opinion. You are essentially a middleman just delivering a message of what brand wants, right? Exactly. And how they're going to deliver their brand message, exude the culture of the brand and all the things yep. that brand is looking for. Yep. But getting to be one of the hundred that are even sub- sent for submission, what qualifications, what criteria is happening out there to even get to the point where they you are selected? So, again, for instance, you know, talking to talent after they're booked, I, you know, I found a curious thing. Uh, this came about, I'd probably say a couple of years ago, that actors were being, they need to have so many uh, followers of their social media. So their social media is now credibility really coming to the forefront of how they're booking or, or even getting an agent. I mean, you can't get an agent or manager without having, I don't know, a hundred thousand likes or something or a hundred thousand followers, because if you don't have that, it doesn't behoove anything to the potential, uh, client, right? So again, so it's Coca-Cola that Coca-Cola has their big enough brand, but Imagine you take a uh, an actor that you hire that has, say, a half a million likes, like Kim Kardashian has bi- like a half a billion or something. She, They know that if they tell her to sell this watch, 10% of that will actually go look at that and then 2% will buy, they're fine. That's great numbers for them. Well, it's the same in Coca-Cola because they're going to – that actor is now going to go, I'm in a Coca-Cola spot. I'm in a Coca-Cola. Goes out. And now they have an audience built in just from that one, one talent. And now you've got 10 talent doing that in one spot. It, it, it's a viral phenomenon that I just never saw coming. I didn't see like, oh, I have to, I have to book somebody because they have followers. And I'm like, I, no, I book them because they have talent. Um, <laughs> the point but, of things <laughs> exactly but the agents are looking for the ones that have followers so that they can send that message along to from the casting director to the client agency so that's it's one of those things that i just never saw but it, it's it's a real thing and what do you think that where's the credibility coming from is it coming from likes is it coming from followers is it coming from all social media platforms I mean, on OnlyFans, Trey Songs, for instance, has a paid OnlyFans where he just does behind the scenes, where people get to follow him around and see what he's up to live. So if you are an actor and you are showing these behind the scenes you know, pieces and they're getting to live through this moment with you, is that credibility for an actor and getting selected for a role? I don't know. I mean, not for me. Personally, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it would influence some someone else. Not to 
pun intended, influencer. But I mean, that's that's what they do, right? That's what what that's their shtick on social media. Again, I don't want to bash what what they do. That is that is this new. Well, this media. is all happening behind before they even get to you, right? This is how oh, they even yeah, get to be without, one of the people on your screen. Yeah, without doubt. Um, I, I don't know if they do that, but I mean, look, I've I've had them. I have them from all walks of life. I, I I just wonder how influential it is in getting selected, you know, to begin with, because on our side, we are catfish daily. We are, what mm. you can do and what you're good at is drastically different. What mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, there's a million people in LA that are actors. And if you look at their resume, they're waitresses and bartenders. You know, there's sure. a difference between what's paying the bills and what isn't paying the bills and what you want to do and what you're currently doing. And then what you can do and what you're actually good at. So yeah. the skill set of people is, um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's traumatizing to be honest. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of people being able to do all of these things. Yes, I can dance. Yes, I can be a mermaid. Yes, I can be a background actor. Yes, I can be a PA. But it's like they're not really good at any of those things. So when it comes to coming across your desk and seeing, so you're looking for a look, then you're looking at their talent. How much time do they get of your attention? It takes seven seconds for the brain to register what it just saw. So how much time do they get of your attention in screening and looking at these auditions? just sitting from home. You you mean when I'm going through the casting process on their, looking at their reels and, yeah. and their audition, the purpose of having a, a casting director that you like is they can help you um, by sorting the not so good to the great, right? So they can say, these are the ones we feel are the best. And based on their audition and based on pre previous work with them. They know them. They work a lot and they're good, good talent. So they're like, these are the 20 and these are the ones we feel you should look at first. And great. I do. I always do that. I look through it. I go, these are the, they are good. They're all good. When they do their, when they do their casting, I, I give, I give casting specs, right. Of what I'm looking for, for the audition. Um, you know, say they're, they're, they're driving in a car and they're having a conversation and they're, they're talking about, you know, well, when we get to Vegas, we're going to, you know, whatever. That's kind of the side that goes to them. And then the casting director, which is kind of, because it's, you have to understand, casting director is the casting director, but that's from the company, right? Each room that has, you know, because usually at these casting places, there's, a casting for Dr. Pepper over here, casting for Domino's over here, casting for KFC, uh, Ford, and so on. And they're just all down the hall of, you know, rooms. And, you know, the actor's like, oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm here for the the Arby's. So they, they go into the Arby's room. And then there's a casting director, because there's one for every one of them. So these are guys that are sitting in, you know, a lot of them are actors. A lot of them are actors. A lot of them are actors in the actual house of, of, you know, these casting directors. And they will take the notes that I have and then they give them to the, the actor. They'll say, hey, uh, hello, Ryan. How are you? Good to see you today. Thanks for coming in. So here's what we're looking for. You're, you're driving in a car and you're doing – so it, it becomes telephone if they screw up what I've told them. Because then if they tell them and then, it, then it, the next casting guy, because he's got to take launch, comes in – fill in for the next wave of talent that comes in, then it's telephone, telephone. 
And sometimes it's just like, it's like, ugh, they gave him horrible, it was like, it was crap. Um, so I have to take that into consideration when I'm actually looking at their audition. Okay. And then they come in and they're in person, right? And this is where well, you see. So, sometimes, not always. Uh-huh. Yeah, not always. Sometimes, you know, ideally we like to do callbacks in person, but that's still not always possible. They'll do it live-like so that I can have a conversation with them, like a Zoom type thing. Okay. And that's where you see if they have real talent. Sure. Yep. That's where you see if they can take direction. And that's yep. the main goal of that, right? That is. Okay. And how do you identify what real talent is? From there, talent is subjective, right? You know, someone probably told Van Gogh he was awful at what he did. Um, oh, they know, told Michael Jordan he was never going to make the basketball team. He wasn't going to do exactly. it. Exactly. Walt Disney there's wasn't creative. Yeah, there's always some dummy that doesn't, you know, doesn't see talent the way the vast majority sees talent, um, and that's unfortunate. But you know, sometimes, you know, for, I know I'm getting a little off track, but it's, it's sometimes for talent. They need to hear that over and over because they really don't have talent. You know, you've heard, you've seen like the, the people that go on. I don't want to watch a lot of these shows, but I've seen some of the clips. I do promos of these like The Voice and, you know, American Idol and stuff like that. You see the ones that come in and they're the blooper ones. You're like, I'm singing. And they're like, oh, you see the panel and they're all like, oh, God, this guy's off. You know, it's like someone told them that they can't sing, right? But they went, no, I have the talent. And you're like, no, 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 you actually don't. To try the banjo. I don't know. Try the Singing, not good. You know, they're like, no. Well, some, I'm, but again, I worked with Christina Aguilera and someone told her that she couldn't sing, she said, when she was younger. And I was like, I find it hard to believe. Right. You know, but someone did, you know, if she's telling the truth. So I don't know. I, but if the majority of people tell you, you should probably look to, to do something else because you're probably not good at it. I, I, is, it is, is acting and talent something that can be trained if you're bad? Can you, can you in time get back? I feel like singing lessons help people. Look at all the singers, right? So Madonna, she did it. But go, go back in the day, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, uh, you know, all these guys, they were just singers. Saloon singers, as they would, Frank Sinatra would say, I'm just a, a saloon singer. But they learned acting. Dwayne, I just worked with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, DJ, as he likes to be called, for the uh, Olympic and um, for his bros Super Super Bowl spot, and he, you know, he learned. He's a he's a wrestler, right? Very true. So, uh, can it be taught? The answer is yes. Will you be, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is it? Does anyone go? Arnold Schwarzenegger is a great actor, right? Is Dwayne the Rock Johnson going to win an Academy Award? Probably not. If, if I'm if, if I'm a better, which I am, I would say no. I would bet I'd bet the under that he's not going to receive any kind of, you know, an award. And I think he's I think the world of him. I think he's a phenomenal talent. Is he, you know, is, is he Marlon Brando? Is he, uh, you know, De Niro? Is he Pacino? I, no, no, not yet. Maybe not yet. Mer Meryl, Meryl Streep. You know, it's like no, no, they're not. They're not going to be that. 
right? But they, they, they'll entertain us. Yeah, and they've got a following, right? He's, he's probably one of those people that he's got a following. They know that they'll tune in to watch Huge. because he's, yeah, his social media credit, right? Huge. So got a chance told, of selling. Yeah, he told me that he did a, uh, he did a, a watch commercial in his bathroom. They sent him a, uh, they sent it to his agent. They sent it to the house and they had a, uh, it was a watch, some really expensive watch. And he was, you know, tri- tri- you know, he's just so busy. He's taking calls and doing all this stuff. And he's like, look, I can give him five minutes. And, and he goes, does it matter where I am? No, no, just hold up your phone and just, you know, do it. And he goes like, okay, great. So he's like, Hey, d- this watch, check it out. You know, Oh, this is what, what, what do you think guys? Hey, this is the rock coming to you, you know, blah, 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 blah. They sent it off to him. They took that, they cleaned it up and edit and they gave him $2 million in his bathroom. Five minutes. But yep. he'll sell watches from that. He's got almost a billion people following him. Yeah, it's a big deal, right? So <laughs> before, you know, before. But, you know, like, what, what, where have we come from where, you know, we have to do, you know, have these sets and everything, you know, to, to sell a product and we'll still spend a million dollars to create this illusion of whatever we build is in Hollywood and he's doing his bathroom and he's making twice what he's getting paid to come to a big set. I, I don't know. Well, what about the Matthew McConaughey? Was it Lincoln or Chrysler where he just drives in (laughs) Lincoln? And he wrote those spots, by the way, they, they came, they came to him and said they wanted to, to do this campaign. And McConaughey said, Oh, I love, I love, I can't do a McConaughey, but I, you know, I, I love the brand, man. I'll do it. You know, totally, totally. You know, and all it's right, like, all right, all right, all right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and, but he goes, it's two things. I want to, I kind of want it to be around me and the way I think. Oh, we love Matthew. We love it. And I want to direct it. And they went, Oh, Sounds great. So the guy like me, if I, I would book for the gig and I'm like, oh, I'm going to direct Matthew McConaughey. They went, oh, Stan, hey, dude. Yeah, sorry, bro. He's doing it himself. He's what? Like this. So, yeah. so that that happens. So when yeah. that happens, do they have you sit down and you just no, aren't present? No, you're just or done. do they still have you go and maybe aid? Oh, you're just done. Bye-bye. You're not even invited. Mm-mm. Now they we 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 would get a kill fee if I was booked for it. I'd get a kill fee, so which I would gladly take and say thank you very much. And the only difference is I don't get Matthew McConaughey in a Lincoln spot on my reel. So okay, so and talent preparing for the shootings. So how can they prepare for the shoot? There's a lot of telephone game. So I know in our world and probably in well, I'm going to go ahead and say and in yours that what, you know, the telephone game and how things get lost in translation along the way. So preparing for shooting, how can talent do that and be successful? How can they show up prepared? Yeah, I think it's reading, reading the room, right? If it's, if it's a, you know, if this is a, a a lifestyle piece, so lifestyle is different from, there's many different facets of filmmaking. There's 10 men, which in our business are car guys, they shoot car spots, a lot of driving, you know, uh, for Ford or what name any product. And they're, you know, you've seen them and they're, 
they're shooting car to car and there's an arm and the car is overtaking it and it zoom goes by and all those things. So that's, that's car guys. And there's directors that that's what they do. They, they, they shoot cars. Um, and then there's, you know, lifestyle, which is now kind of overtaken the pharma or pharmaceutical world. But the difference is pharma has tons of money. Car companies have a lot of money too, but pharma is bar none, the ones that have deep pockets. I mean, just think about it. They're pharmaceutical brand. They have nothing but money. Um, and they will shoot those spots where you see the older couple or the one that has psoriasis or whatever, and they'll shoot them playing tennis or, you know, riding on their bikes down the beach or, you know, in a canoe. And, you know, there's a voiceover through the entire thing. And it's, you know, so it's just basically just shooting lifestyle images that the client agency spend excruciating amount of time nitpicking and going over. Again, it's their brand. They want to protect it, and I don't give them any begrudge for doing what they do. That's how they. That's how the game works. Um, but I'm not. That's not. I don't shoot lifestyle. That's not. That's not my game. Um, so there are directors that do that, and they make a ton of money doing it. Which is, you know, I guess I chose poorly. Um, <laughs> well, in our world, they, they have to spend a certain percentage of their earnings just because they, you know, they lose it otherwise. So, oh yeah, have, they'll get crushed, and it's the same in these in, bottomless pockets. Yeah, exactly. And then there's, you know, I, I'm typically in the comedy, so it's it's like you know, there's so if if the spot comes in and the casting director goes, hey, it's this is you know, it's it's kind of a comedy thing. Well, then they they should take that ball and give me something that I can take you, know, whether it's a look or it's a, you know, something that I can go, boom, I see it right there. And that's what I got. So I think out of that, it's, it's, you're trying to make an offer. You're always trying to offer something that can be instantly, you know, recognizable. I don't mean to go in and like, look at me, I'm goofy guy, but something that I can find pretty quick. Right. And that's, that's really it. So whether it's, you know, if, if the casting director tells you, well, this is, you know, it's a, it's one of those, uh, sappy uh super bowl spots uh where you know it's drama well then that uh, go appropriately bring bring the thunder in that world show them you know that that range of what you can do but you know that those are i i think that's kind of the spectrum of comedy drama lifestyle and uh, quite frankly lifestyle you'll see in a lot of these things the the little chiron that goes across the bottom of the screen these are not these are not actors, and a lot of time they're they're serious. They're like they book this talent based on if they're husband wife, so they hire real life people, make them sag, pay them, and that's the only spot they're going to be in. But that's it, and they they book those guys out. So, wah wah wah, you're not getting casting from real actors now. They just want real people, so they'll trounce those people in. So you want them to show up and, and show up quick, basically, in the casting, because time is limited, right? 100%. So you need to see it out of the gate. 100%. Because, look, all the rest of this stuff, the fringe of, you know, when I when I put in my background actor specs, a lot of times, like, if, look, if I'm doing cops, I'll go to the casting director and I'll say, I, I just, can you just give me NYPD or LAPD or whatever I'm asking for? And they'll go, sure, I'll send you a bunch of specs. Because in, in Los Angeles, believe it or not, there are actors that have LAPD, Chicago PD, and they have the uniforms. They have them. 
<laughs> they show up. Oh, yeah. they're not yeah. real cops. They just own the apparel. No, no. Okay. They, they, they play them on TV, and they—that's what they do. They make a living doing it because SAG—they're—they're they're getting three, three eighty-nine a day. How do you, know? you get your hands get a, on one of those uniforms? You got to earn that. Well, How does that work? They buy them, and these oh. guys get. They'll, they get bumped. So they don't have to have all the accoutrement because props will cover the rest of it, right? So they just need to show up with, the, you know, the, the, the cop top and the bottoms and the shoes and the belt. Uh-huh. The rest of the stuff, the, 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 the prop gun, the billy club, the rest of it, you know, they, dog, yeah. they supply all that. All right. So they know what they need to bring. They know what they don't need to bring. And they get a stipend for that. They got, I think they get 75 or 100 bucks per outfit, per per time they do it. So look, there's a, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat as a, as a, as a background actor, as a, as a principal actor, as you know, whatever it's a, it's, it's available. It's all across the world of how they want to do it. It's just the game has changed from COVID. And I don't, I don't think there's a way back now. I really don't. I don't think there's a way back because it's become too, too streamlined and simple and it benefits everyone. The actor doesn't have to get in their car and drive across town. Yeah, these kids are never going to know the hard way of standing in the hallway and hoping they you won't. get to go in after you sat there for four hours and then they just found what they needed and you go home. Exactly right. It, it's it, th- That's the sad part. But the good part is, you know, for, at least for, for casting purposes and you're talking to folks that are going to tune into this that want to go down this road to be an actor or to be background or to be a model. This is now your journey has been simplified. I think you can help yourself by representing yourself appropriately is that is the one thing I see in booking talent that is consistently false photos, outdated hair color, outdated, all of the things and how you represent yourself is not current or honest. That's hence why it has helped because now they're taking a still of like your image right there. Boink, I would see you and I would go, that's what you look like. The AD would sit down with me and they go, all right, let's let's pick some background people. I'm like, ah, you do it. He's like, no, because you're going to be specific on the day. So just give me a general, just glance at these. I go, okay, that one, 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 that that one, that one, that one. And then I would tell him, this is the term that we use in industry, like type cast if they're not available, right? So don't call me back and don't send me a bunch more photos. Just it, it's a it's a six foot tall blonde guy. Find me another six foot tall blonde guy. Don't make me go right. through and look at all these. So it's like type casting. So I would say just just do that. Which is the and, benefit to social media because now you can validate that this is what this guy looked like yesterday. Sure, exactly right. However, right. That, I'm talking. So that's that's where we are now. But back in the old days, I would take I'd look at the photo that they would send me. I go that guy, that guy, and then they would show up. I'm like, who are you? Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, who are you? I go to my AD. I go, give me the skins. Skins are the the photo of all the stuff, data, and I, I look and I go, point point to where? Who's that? They point and go. <laughs> I walk right up to town. And I go, really? And they're like, uh, yeah, it was a few years ago. You, you think? You, yeah, and fifty pounds ago, six skins ago. Oh yeah, yeah. happens so, to us daily. Yeah, But so, the reason it works for these people is because they're getting booked off of this because people aren't doing their homework. Agencies right. aren't meeting them. Agencies aren't vetting them. And they're slipping through the cracks and it's working for them. Sure. And then by the chance that they get to the job and someone sends them home because of that or they desperate and need the body. 
and they're just going to roll yeah. with it. And people are getting booked because of that in our world. So well, it's, it, it's not right. That, that, needs to, that needs to change then. I mean, obviously, because that's, that's, that's uh, you know, that, but it, look, it wasn't so horrible because I, Look, we have the we have I have the power to, to take that person right and send them deep into the set. So I just feel a body back there. So I don't have <laughs> to, <a> tree. <laughs> I don't have to go. Oh well, I, I've got to make them look great. No, just dude, put them, make them cross in the background. They, they're doing a cry. Get, get out. Get them. Get them deep. Um, or send them home. In your business and in the industry that you're in. You've had to have some setbacks along the way, right? You started as an actor. You did improv. You started a theater. I mean, the theater, is the theater still around? It is. That, <laughs> it is. Clean. It's going to you, huh? <laughs> so in the entertainment industry, what have, you, what have you learned from and what is, how did you fall forward from it? What's been your biggest setback throughout your entire career? I was fortunate enough that when I crossed over from an actor because I needed to eat because you could only book so many gigs and then it, then the well, well you're driving to Santa also. Monica for five minutes. So three and a half hours each way. You're not, not a great success because not all actors are. And if you don't want to wait it out, then you choose another path. And I, I was for, fortunate enough. I knew, met some friends in LA that were uh, producers and they were like, Oh, Hey, if you want a job as a PA, I, go, I don't even know what that is, but I'll do it. Does it pay money? I'll do it. Uh, and that's a production assistant. I said, sure, sounds great. And I did it. Um, and I just, I was like, I jumped in both feet and I, I just went after it. Cause that was kind of my low coming off of what I wanted to do as an actor. Then I, I got into that and I go, oh, that's what that thing was when I was on set as an actor. That was a, that's an apple box. Oh, okay. Oh, th- those are, those are high rollers. That's a stand. Okay. That's a thing. Oh, that's what a grip does. A grip puts the, the lights on the stand and, and the gaffer is the person that lights the set. Oh, wait a minute, I want to learn more of this. So then I want to delve into it a little deeper. And then I met a great AD, Travis Gold, which is, he's like, he's like one of the, one of the originals, the great ones. And um, he took me under his wing and I started, I was, became an AD. I was an assistant director. I worked my way out of that into, I got a really good break to direct some spots. And I went full bore on it after that. And you know, I don't know that I had any lows in in there. I've, I mean, we, we all again forged the chains of, of our life, but I've been pretty lucky most of my life. I I can't say that I've fallen and and I didn't get back up. I don't really know where I fell anyway, and unless I was drunk, and then I I have no idea where I fell. <laughs> I just ended up on a sidewalk somewhere, <laughs> and someone hopefully picked me up and left my wallet in my pocket. But I've done that. Uh, but yeah. it says you've told us the entertainment industry as a whole is a beast that is ever changing and eating its prey. It is from from all all positions because that black hole that's out there is kind of like you know it looks attractive in a sense because it you know all the things that I'm, I'm getting nerd wise now but what it can do you know but it it really is a beast. It, it eats it, it eats its prey all the time and you it's either you know through diversity right so if you were a, a, a white actor in Hollywood say even seven years ago you had a great and had a look you had a great opportunity that you were going to go somewhere now if you're a white uh, actor male or female it's a struggle you're trying you're struggling to find a place right? 
because there's only there's only so many white people that are going to put in spots. So it's like, and again, I'm not trying to be a racist. I'm I'm being a, a realist. The term in, minority, in, the definition of minority has changed. Yes, 100. percent So and and look again, this is for a black black guy. I'm saying it wholeheartedly that I get it. But the reality is, like, look, the expectations have changed. And, and so that this is a part of the beast that is Hollywood. It's ever changing and it's ever it, it, it doesn't care who it gobbles up. It's just a constant devouring beast that is the thing called Hollywood. And the industry is tough, man. It's not for the weak minded. It's not for the people that have a, 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 a shallow back. It's not you know, for the it's emotional. Tough. It's not. No. Yeah. And you Can't have take to keep. Tra- yes. A hundred percent. All this emotion that's been welcomed into the workplace is, is uh, baffling to me. The emotional uh, stability of humans. I think the only thing has changed is due to the studio system and the Harvey Weinstein and the this and that. And they're, they're now being overly cautious in a sense that they know that they can't, you know, you just can't, I can't look at an actor and say, you dumb MFR. I can't, I can't yell it and curse at them. I think it's changed for the good, right? Because now you can't have someone on set disrespecting you because they're a star. You know, which I can't is great. Ha- which is good. Both because- ways, which is great. Exactly. However, minority business owner and other spaces to be a minority business owner, females used to be considered disadvantaged. Females right. used to be a minority of things, you know, to be a female business owner. That piece of the business hasn't been updated, right? right. Hollywood's updated right. things and they're going with the diversity and this, and that's how they're staffing, which is getting everyone an equal playing field, which is amazing. However, the business side of things isn't been updated in that in that sense either. So I think it's just no. the industry that you're in and how it varies. But I think the entertainment world and booking and talent You've got to leave your personal opinions at home. This is not about you as a human. It's about your skill set and what you bring to the table. So um, I I think that's kind of the, you know, what is expected. And, you know, I I don't know that that an actor would go into that thinking that that they wouldn't. But look, again, in today's world, uh, man, I mean, it's they're becoming more and more fragile, the, the, the talent. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. I, I, I don't think it's a good thing. I think you still need to have, you know, that carny, you know, thought of, you know, I've got to go out and grind this thing out. Right. I gotta, I've got to be willing to not be thin skinned. I've got to, I've got to accept the, 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 the challenge that's before me because there's a lot of people that are talented, right? This is not a small pool. The key to that is to surround yourself with individuals that are educated, have conversations with you if they have the opportunity to do so, right? I think the most detrimental mistakes that are made, I agree with you, and we talked about this earlier, is not listening to people that you know that have the credibility to be speaking. So don't take opinions from your friends. Is it because I was Asian that I didn't get the role? Don't take the opinions from your mom who thinks you're a great actor if someone's told you you're not. Take the feedback from those giving it to you in the industry that are qualified to give it to you. No, that's 100% right. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of them don't. You know, It's like, I think that's their shortcoming of 
discovering what knowledge is versus wisdom, you know, and the wise will, will discover that they need to lean on people that have had levels of success to get that knowledge and now make that their wisdom, you know, and based believe on them when they tell you, exactly Hey, that. you know what you should do? Or, Hey, you know what you should try? Because we, I mean, you learned the hard way, right? They don't have it as easy. Um, they didn't have it as easy as they have it now. You get right. to do casting exactly calls right. from the bathroom. You get to make videos from the bathroom. You get to do <laughs> casting calls from your your car. You know, we've talked about all these things. You, Stan Morris, did not have that opportunity. You had I to trudge the hard way. You had to go at it and keep pounding the pavement the hard way. So why would someone not take the advice? Tell everybody where they can find you and follow you around and see what you're up to. Are you on Instagram? Oh, I am. I'm on Instagram. I don't know what my thing is Stan because Morris. I don't really. <laughs> yeah, Stan Morris, M-O-R-S-E, Stan Morris on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, you can and find LinkedIn, him there. Yep. Yeah. Thanks yep. so much, Stan, for joining us. Appreciate you breaking down the facts, throwing it on the table and being raw and honest with us. My pleasure. All Best right. Best of luck we'll to you. you soon. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for joining us at the table of modeling success. I am your host, Ryan Donatelli, and you can find me on all social channels, mainly Instagram, LinkedIn, and ryandonatelli.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe and meet us here every week where we will be discussing the actual happenings that no one wants to openly talk about in the talent and entertainment industry. 